Can't say your name up in my paws. I might not rock with you tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I really like that one. Just know next time you hear me say, can't say your name up in my paws. I might not rock with you tomorrow. It's a diss pod. It's, it's a diss pod. It's, it's me visiting one of those mini condos in my head. And walking in and kicking in the door. And saying, hey, bro, it's time to go home. Because I told y'all, you know, it's, it's space for Lisa up here, man. I, I welcome people to come into my, my, my head. You know, I like to be inspired by the outside noise. You know, I ain't one of them like, oh, we're eternally motivated every week. I'm not, no, I want to hear what they say on the outside. I respond to it. You know, I saw a post as I was getting ready to pod that talked about uh not responding emotionally. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Respond emotionally sometimes. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with responding emotionally at times. Because when you respond emotionally, you respond honestly. It's not the filtered. It's not the thought through. It's the real. It's how you truly feel, right? And sometimes I respond to things emotionally because I want to feel, I want to like go through the feelings of how I truly feel. But I also want the person who's receiving that response <laughs> to know how I feel about them and feel about what they say. So yeah, you're going to get these emotions. <laughs> and if you call me emotional, that's fine. I'm, I'm emotional. I'm an emotional human being. I, instead of fighting my emotions, I, I, I thrive off of them. I live through them. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby, and I'm back. We ballin', big baby. Hold up, big baby. Hold up, big baby. We ballin', big baby. Hold up, big baby. Hold up, big baby. <laughs> Welcome to the pod, y'all. I've been doing all this recording. I ain't even checked to make sure we record. Okay, yeah, we going to the right. That's the right thing right now. We're having a podcast, but y'all know I'm super, 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 very, very, highly, highly inspired by Charleston White. And, oh, that was passing affairs. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. But, um, and I didn't know how much of an inspiration he was to me until I listened to him because so much of what he says... I rock with. So I want to have a conversation with you all. And mainly I just want to talk to you because the beautiful thing about a podcast is you can't respond. Hold up, bit baby. Hold up. Yeah, you just can't respond to to me. You can respond in the comments and please do. I would love to talk to you all. Uh Rate, review, subscribe, bigbabythegoat.com, Big Baby's Podcast, episode 193, seven more, and there is no more Big Baby. But anyways, hip-hop culture is not black culture. It's a piece of black culture, but it's not black culture, despite what you hear from the hip-hop blogs, <laughs> despite what you hear from the hip-hop artists. Hip-hop culture is not black culture. It is a piece of black culture. 
when they say, oh, the culture, well, the culture, this is not the culture. This is a subculture of the culture because the culture is all encompassing of black people. And guess what? There's no such thing. There's no such thing, right? So it's taking every every subculture, combining it together, and all of that being black culture. And guess what? There's contradictions. And not one point of view, not one ideal set is the dominant culture in black culture. So even when I come on here and say, oh, yeah, that's not, that's not aligned with black culture. That ain't right. I'd be wrong because I speak to what I believe to be black culture. But I'm not going to marginalize us to hip hop. And yeah, I listen to it. I was listening to hip hop before I started this podcast. I'd be listening to the music. I'd be listening. That's terrible English. I listen to the music that speaks to a way of life that I would never live, that I don't live. I can't live. I'm, I'm not built for that. Too soft. Too much self. <laughs> but the point being is I, I can understand entertainment and keep it at entertainment. I'm not influenced by that to drive my everyday life and my decision. That's me. But I'm just a big baby, so <laughs> what do I know? But no, we talk about crack rock or jump shot. And now let's add Spit hot fire like Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Who the best five rappers ever? Dylon, 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 Dylon. Yep. So if you can sling a crack rock, shoot a jump shot, or spit some hot fire, then you've made it in black culture. Excuse me. What you did there? No, you've made it in hip hop culture. And if you believe what they tell you, you've made it in black culture, but that's not the case. We dominate these high-risk professions, not realizing that we could go into medium and low-risk professions and have the same level of domination. And the crazy thing about these high-risk professions that we quote-unquote dominate, we're still just a talent. We're still just a worker. We're not the owners. Now, if you decide to be a lawyer and open up your own law firm, guess what? You... You're the owner. You own it. <laughs> if you decide to be a plumber and open up your own plumbing business, even if that's not what you initially do, you go work for a company for a while and you build up a, a client base. Guess what? You own it. I mean, you can do it in rap. You can rap. Eventually go independent, not work for a record label. We'll see how well you get placed. We'll see what shows you get. We'll see how much it costs for you to get booked and what they're willing to pay. Right? <laughs> or, you know, you can just sell rock and go to, go to prison. Because what, what Jesus said, all the real niggas either dead or in jail. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you want to live a real criminal life. You end up like a real criminal, dead or in jail. Because that's where criminals end up. That's where crime gets you. But the point that I'm making is the professions that we push, push and pee, right? Yeah, gonna <laughs> free them, or maybe not. I don't know. But now nah, the, the, the P that we're pushing, the professions that we push, 
They'll even speak to ownership. They speak to a high-risk lifestyle. They speak to taking chances. It speaks to, I got to get as much as I can as quickly as possible because I don't know when I'll be able to be able to get it again. And that's a toxic mindset, not only for one to have, but for one to pass down generate generationally, right? Because we talk about breaking generational curses. Well, let's break the generational curse of feeling like we have to get it all right now. The, I want it all or nothing at all. Now, nah, just give me a little bit right now. I'm going to take my little bit and turn that into like a little, little bit, right? Or like a, a medium bit. I'm still going to keep getting my little bit from you, but I'm going to take my little bit and turn it into something that works for me. Then eventually I can get like my lot of bit and my own little niche. And I don't need your little bit no more because I'm creating my own bit from what I'm doing. But I can't do that if I'm going all or nothing. And there's nothing wrong with going all or nothing if that's what you want to do. But the idea that that's the only way to go, that's that, that's what's proposed in our community is the problem. The You only make it out of the hood this way. Let's not diminish what a good education can do for people. Let's not diminish what having a good network, uh, whether it's business, whether it's trade, whether it's education, whatever it may be. I'll tell you what, dog. It's easier to be a lawyer than it is to get to the NBA or the NFL. It's easier to be a doctor than it is to become, like, the hottest rapper in the streets, right? It's easier to become a supply chain manager, a warehouse manager, a supervisor at a Home Depot than it is to become a rapper or a dope builder, right? And the risk is a lot lower. So I think as Black America, we got to stop trying to live hip-hop culture in our non-hip-hop lives and think that hip-hop culture is the only culture that Black people can live and take lesser risks to get higher rewards. Because we get so caught up in the glitz and glamour of things, right? And we start to attach value based on net worth or perceived net worth, right? But value go beyond goes beyond money, believe it or not. There are valuable people who aren't, who aren't worth much because they have valuable knowledge. They have valuable skills. And maybe they're not, they're not the smartest person with their money. You know, you, you got people bigging up Jay-Z. Well, Jay-Z is a good businessman and he's a pretty good rapper. But they're a really good rapper, great rapper. I shouldn't use Jay-Z, right? But sometimes we want to speak to, oh, that mother, he broke. Yeah, he, he ain't got nothing going on for him. He, he don't know what he's talking about. Have you listened to him or her? Maybe they, maybe she got something good to say. I don't know, but so much of what drives, like, I mean, so much it drives black culture and what we believe in and, and, and what we stand on is, Boy, boy, he got that shit on, boy. <laughs> he got the chain on, all that stuff. You know what? I'm going to tuck my chain. Tuck my chain. Because it shouldn't matter if I can throw this chain on. It shouldn't matter if I can throw this Adidas on. I got my Louis Shout out to my to, to, to family. 
Shout out to Andy out in New Orleans uh, for the gear. But it, it should matter what I look like. It should matter how what I say. You know how I how I how I approach you, what I give you, what I look like should matter. You should be able to accept a rapper because they make good music, and you like it not because they got diamonds on, they got women, they got chains, they got money. Because if that's what we're going to use to define black culture, then oh, ooh, baby. <laughs> I may not be black culture. We may need to find a, a new word to describe a middle class black culture because I ain't high class street music. That's not me. And that's not our entire culture. So I'm going to keep coming back to this because we've got to realize that there are levels to this, you know? But I look back. I look back at the role models that we had when I was growing up. The voices that I was told to listen to, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Thurgood Marshall, Clarence Thomas, believe it or not. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, Benjamin Elijah Mays, you know, George Washington Carver. I was directed towards more black academics, more black innovators than black entertainers. And I wonder what life is going to look like for my children when it comes to the black role models they're supposed to look up to. Will we highlight the academics? Will we highlight the Nobel laureates? Will we highlight the Pulitzer Prize winners? Will we highlight the screenwriter and not the leading actor? Will we have the opportunity to be coaches and, and, and executives and not just talent on the field? Will we highlight the owner, the businessman, the mogul, that may not have the cloud. Because what I see us moving towards is a generation that only highlights the clout. And if we only are going to highlight the clout, we're going to build a generation of people who are only chasing clout. And they're not chasing what it takes to actually have some real clout. We're going to highlight internet clout, but we're not going to highlight owners in the internet space, right? We're not going to highlight those who are academic, those who found a trade, they found a skill, and they worked their asses off to get it. No, we're just going to give the biggest fool who gets the biggest check the, the biggest praise. And it's like, ah, it's either one in a million. But what about the guy who worked his ass off? He he, he started off making 30000 a year. Then he worked hard to get to seventy. He worked hard to get to ninety. Then he started investing what he had so he could start his own practice. And now he's his own man. He only makes two fifty a year. But he, he he it's a solid two fifty. He knows it's two fifty. And I say only two fifty, like that's not a lot of money. That's a good chunk of money. Don't let hip hop fool you making a quarter million dollars a year. It's bad. See, that's why I say hip hop culture is not black culture because they want to take stuff away from poor people. They sound like the Republicans. 
But that's the culture that y'all support. Those are the people that y'all get behind. Those are your leaders. And that's not good leadership. That's not what I want my baby girl to be looking up to. That's not who, when my baby girl opens up her, 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 her history book, I don't want her seeing. Ooh. Broke boys can't, don't deserve no pussy. I know that's right. No, I don't, I, I don't, ooh, no. I don't want my baby girl doing that. Because you're not defined by your net worth. You shouldn't be, at least. But that's what we're moving towards. But the narrative feeds itself. Because the more and more we glorify this clout culture, this hip-hop culture, and we project it as the image of what uh, a success in black culture is, you have more people who think that's all we can do, that's all we're capable of, and that's what they work towards. And that's my fear is what's happening. And it becomes the rat race. A rat on a wheel. Looking for a thrill. But going absolutely nowhere. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. And I'm back. We ballin', big baby. So I gotta take a little sip of this wine. Please excuse the fly. Uh, there's a little crack in the window in the office, and he always flies in. And you know, I think one of the saddest things that we find out in black, we find a black culture, right? You know, Al, you really hate when. Uh, you know, a guy out there playing defense, and he's playing defense for nothing because the offense is just not producing for him now, I tell you. Oh, sorry, Tariko. Don't you round. Anyways, defending what you don't own. Y'all was sad that O'Block got towed down. Y'all get sad when they gentrify. Let me tell you this crazy thing about gentrification. They can't take what you own. They can try. And, and and I promise you, when you own it, you can fight for it. I'm not telling you what I've heard. I'm telling you what I know. Um, but, yeah, they can't just come in and take what you own if you own it. But we have this idea in black culture that you have to check in. You got to go back to the hood. You got to let the people know that you're there. For what? I ain't participating in criminal activity. So what I need to check in with criminals for? To, well, you need protection. Well, what the hell do I need protection for if I'm not participating in criminal activity? I, I say again. Valid question, right? And, and, and then I ask the next question. Well, why are you so invested in defending this area? Why are you not so aggressive about owning this area? If this is the block, if this is the hood, if this is where you're from, if this is what you represent, why don't you go buy it? Ross told y'all to buy back the block. Buy back the block. And if you don't know how, that's fine. If you don't have the skill set, that's fine. But if 
you are just refusing to do it. If you out here flossing with all the money, right? You know, you got the BBSs, you know what I'm saying? You got the gold BBS, you got the chain, you got this, you got that. Well, why would you go buy your mama house? Why don't you go buy your house? Oh, it's in the hood. It's cheap. It's cheap. One second. CD might be wide receiver zero. He, he, he keep dropping balls like that. Jesus. But the point being is you're defending something that you don't own and then you're going to lose and you're going to be sad about it and say, oh, they took it from me. Well, you didn't take it yourself. If you really wanted it, you would have taken it. And we've got to stop defending things that we do not own. It's similar to seeing how you'll see athletes defend a team that'll trade them tomorrow. Yeah, you're all in with your teammates. You're all about doing the best you can to put the best product on TV. But why are you defending something that's not that you don't own? Why don't you take the steps to own it? And it's a little bit apples to oranges, but again, apple to fruit or orange is the fruit. But this idea that we're gonna defend these neighborhoods, we're gonna we're going to <laughs> not even defend the neighborhoods, right? Because we're taking the police aspect out of it, because we're not gonna call them. Cause oh bro, hell no, you can't call police, boy, that sucker. Uh, he 12, he 12. Yeah, I care about my safety. I'd rather check in with with, with the law than have to check in with you. Because checking in with you can get me locked up or not properly covered. Get you locked up, right? I'm looking out for you. You know, but who knows? Just a thought. Just a thought exercise here, but. Let's talk a little bit more Ime Udoka. They, they, they keep talking Ime Udoka. And I think, honestly, the Ime Udoka thing coming out when it came out, I think it's legitimate. I think it's legitimate. Don't get me wrong. I think that he violated their team rules. I think that the team should deal with it how they see fit, even if I disagree with the method they go uh, about it. But I also think that it's a cover-up. I think it's a way to like talk more about Ime Adoka and less about Robert Sarver. I, I think that this is a a topic that ingratiates the NBA more so with the common man than what's going on with Robert Sarver, because we we can we can talk about Ime and his affairs and get upset about it and how he violated team rules. And that takes us off the owner who's a sexist, misogynist, and a racist based on his behavior, based on the way the league's treating him, right? I mean, I'm not making this up. This is just what they're – this is the fighter they're giving me. And they didn't really talk about Brett Favre either, but, you know, Ime comes out, and it's a, it, it's just perfect timing. Ime Adoka is going to be suspended for uh, – indefinitely for uh, actions. Ime Adoka is going to be suspended for possibly a year for an inappropriate relationship with a member of the Celtics team. And then Brad, Brad Stevens has the nerve to come out and act like he's upset and frustrated about how this is being covered because uh, there are women on the, in the Celtics franchise and they're being attacked for this on Twitter. Hey, buddy, maybe if you don't leak this information to Woj and Shams, we don't talk about it. Maybe if you don't tell us what he's getting suspended for, then we don't talk about it. 
or maybe if you you release the information on who he was involved with and, and don't protect her and possibly her husband, then you get you you don't get these other women getting attacked because you were open and honest with us. You tell everybody what exactly happened because if it was a consensual relationship, why it's one person getting raped over the coals in public while the other person in that same consensual relationship is an un, is an unknown name, right? Is a unnamed face. But all these other named faces who haven't been named, they're just these faces that we can find online are spending their time getting harassed because you didn't want to or no, because you wanted to cover your ass. Yeah, see, see, yeah. Yes, Brad Stevens, that's what happened. You wanted to uh, act like you were so for, uh, on, on the forefront with this. Uh, I am tired of women being mistreated. This is wrong. Well, the organization played a part in it. If the organization does what they're supposed to do, this is a non-issue. Tissue. Now y'all want to leak it? Y'all want to? Y'all have a reason to to demonize Ime Adoka. and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say what he did was right. I'm just gonna sit here and say that the the response tells me that there's a bias, there is a a a, a clear this is a smear a clear smear campaign against somebody because. Those with the information want to get a certain narrative out that may not be 100% accurate. When I, you got Malika Andrews coming on first take talking about it, and and and, and she's saying, telling Stephen A. Smith that uh, this now's not the time to blame women. Women are not going to be, no, 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 no. Look, he had sex with a woman who wanted to have sex with him. So if you're going to hold him accountable for being wrong in that same situation, this is a time where we can point a finger at a man and a woman for making a mistake. Two tango. This was not strong arm rape. This was not sexual assault. It was consensual sex. And if two people consensually have sex that's inappropriate, guess what? Both of them should be held accountable for their actions. But see, what happened is this woke culture, this Me Too has scared us. We're scared to be honest about people who have been uh, 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 unheard, underrepresented. Yeah, we're afraid to honestly and truthfully talk about those groups. We won't. We, no, no, no. We won't say that. Oh, yeah, that woman messed up. That woman deserved to be held accountable for having sex with that man in, in the workplace, and she was married, and they weren't supposed to be having sex based on company policy. No. No, we. This is not the time for women to be uh to to be brought into this to be to be blamed. She fucked, so she should be blamed for fucking somebody she wasn't supposed to fuck. Point blank and period. <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't get held accountable. No, and I'm not mansplaining. I'm just saying they both deserve to get talked about. And then Malika's like, "Well, we need to wait for the for the for the details to come out." And Perk goes, "I I, I got the details, and I'm comfortable saying this." Why? Because Perk won a championship with the Celtics. So guess what, Malika, reporter? He gets the information that you don't have. 
And I'm happy that women are representing women and standing up for women. But guess what? Look in the mirror sometimes. You got that one finger pointing at, 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 at these men, specifically for this situation, but you got three pointing at you because guess what? There's accountability that goes both ways. There's a reason why windows exist so you can see through, but in your bathroom, you don't have a window. You have a mirror so you can look and see yourself and see what's going on and how can you make yourself better. Yeah, because see, we look outside of the windows to see what's going on outside, and that helps us drive what we're going to do, right? We look outside, oh, how's the weather? How's it feel out there? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I see people out there doing this and that, so that's what's appropriate for this setting. And then, yeah, yeah, you look out the window. But you can't always just look out the window to be your best you. Sometimes you got to come back to the mirror. You got to come back to the mirror and look at yourself. You got to look at yourself. You got you to see yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? Oh, I need to fix that. Ooh, my hair is out of ooh, that hair is out of place. Ooh. Ooh, my collar ain't right. Oh, my chain tuck. Hold on. I didn't want to have my chain tuck. I wouldn't have known my chain was tucked. You know what I'm saying? Let me get my headphones right. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? See that mirror, it tells us about ourselves. But but now we've gotten to the place that we won't look in the mirror. Or we're looking so much in the mirror that we won't look out the window. But you gotta find a happy blend of looking out of the mirror, looking out of the window and looking in the mirror and then that's where you that's where you can contextualize what you see you can't judge yourself if you can't see what's going on outside but you can't judge outside or properly if you can't if you can't look at yourself and see what's going on with you malika want to look out the window but she don't want to look in the mirror sorry i'm not victim blaming i'm not woman blaming because i don't think there's a victim here I don't think this is a situation where a man took advantage of a woman. I think it's a situation where two consenting individuals made a decision for each other, and that's what they did. But what do I know? I'm just a baby, and I'm back. We balling, big baby. Hold up, big baby. Hold up, big baby. My arch nemesis. Woman I'm most scared of. Most scared of her than my mama or my wife. She whose name we shall not say. Yeah, yeah, she came out. She said some stuff. And I'm going to try to play it. And hopefully y'all can hear it properly. But if not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on Here we go. Here we go. Oh boy, Amanda, who you been having sex with? Cause you got a lot of STS in you. <laughs> this old statement you put out is STS if I've ever heard it. So let's start with this. DDG, dumb dumb gang. 
Because thinking that Martin Luther King counts for racism is dumb, dumb as hell. Like, hey, look, uh, I, I can't even, I can't even give credence to that dumb shit that he said, right? But I can give credence to the dumb shit Amanda Seals said because she likes to get on the social. She likes to get out here on her platform and speak the dumb, dumb, the dumb, the dumb, the dumb, the dumb, the dumb, dumb shit that she believes, right? You know, Amanda Seals is the worst part, the worst side of the internet because she's the type that I get to say whatever thing I want to say, no matter how it makes you feel. But if you say anything back to me, oh my God, you're a monster. You're canceled. Get out of here. Trust me, I lost to Instagram over talking about this lady. I, I've heard other people on much larger platforms be afraid to talk about this lady because of her behavior. I thought it was just me. Nah, it ain't me. It's you. Do to do. But anyways, let's get to this sexually transmitted stupid. See, here's the problem. When somebody may not be as enlightened or as smart or as intelligent or as woke or as informed as you, and you say, oh, I'll break up with them. Let them go. Yeah, that's uh, that's SBM. <laughs> Excuse me, that's SWM. That's single woman mentality. You know, that SWV, no, 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 no. SWM, single woman mentality. Because it, it, what, what you do in a relationship, right, in a good relationship, when you find somewhere where your partner is lacking, they lack understanding, you, 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 you help them understand. You meet them where they are and you help elevate them to where they need to be. You don't leave them in the dust. But now, you know, Amanda Seals is the type that's like, you know, loud as the motorbike, but what bust a grape in a fruit fight? Because what is she doing for the culture? What is she doing for black people? What is she doing for black America? What? Oh. Leave that man, girl. He's stupid. Sexually transmitted stupid. You don't get sexually transmitted stupid. You know how stupid it sounds to say you don't get sexually transmitted stupid? That's the most stupid shit out of her. Who the hell translated that sexually to you? Because you got some sexually transmitted stupid, stupid. Like, damn. You know, I wouldn't give it to her on Instagram because I'm scared. But on the pod, Amanda Seals, <laughs> uh, that's some of the most stupid shit that I've ever heard in my life. And I need you to air out whoever transmitted that stupid to you so nobody fucks him anymore. Or her anymore, whoever you choose to be with. Like I, I no judgment, no assumptions. But the idea that that stupid can be transmitted sexually, I guess it was supposed to be a funny joke. But then again, Amanda Seals goes for a joke, and nobody laughed at her. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby. And I'm back. My favorite, favorite segment of the week. You woke, I'm asleep. What do we have here today? Heavy in the not, in the I'm not mad at you. I just thought you were realer than that. Then you mad. If I did something that you didn't think that I would do, and I did it, and it bothered you, you're mad. So just say you're mad. You got to go, you got to go. Don't lie to me. It's okay. You ain't got to lie. You ain't got to lie. Men be so perfect in the beginning. That's why I keep getting a new one. That's why you can't keep one. You expecting perfection. This ain't uh, T.C. Williams. You ain't Herman Boone. <laughs> you expect the perfection. You better expect good enough. You better expect somebody who makes mistakes and is willing to work through those mistakes and, and, and recover from those mistakes. 
you want perfection. You're going to keep finding a new one and a new one and a new one and a new one and a new one. And then they're going to call you a hoe because you don't have so many new ones that you've been ran through. And then you're going to be mad when you can't find a new one no more. Cause all he's going to want to do is do the new new and your new new. <laughs> and that shit going to get old, old real quick. People ask what you do for a living so they can calculate the level of respect that they give you. Unfortunately, yeah. And it's capitalistic. Shining, profiling. <laughs> Let me put my uh, educational credentials in my Instagram profile culture that we live in. Yeah, people think that if you don't have credentials, you're not worth their time. And that's false. That's wrong. It's stupid. But this is y'all society. Y'all want to be judged by the, you know, King talked about not being judged by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character, right? And we're getting beyond just color of skin, right? We're, we're getting into what we exude on the outside instead of who we are on the inside, and that's a problem. We need to be judged by the content of character. And if you can't be judged by the content of your character, if you can't judge someone by the content of their character, then your whole perspective is whack, so you should fade to black. Like, I mean, honestly, everybody's not meant to be a CEO. Everybody's not meant to be a manager. Everybody's not meant to be a worker. Everybody has a, a, a role to play, and you should respect people for the roles that they choose to play and how well they execute them. Yeah, if you, uh, you know, but just because someone's not as established as you, as educated as you, as cultured as you, that doesn't mean they're lesser than have a different focus I don't get jealous I get turned off and once I'm off you you might as well be dead grow up just grow up <laughs> you just have the emotional maturity of a child it's it's disgusting biggest L I took this year was thinking people love me the way I love them it means you have terrible emotional maturity. Maybe you should have conversations with people and understand that every relationship's not 50-50. There's give and take here. And the question should be, do they satisfy you and do you satisfy them? If y'all's dynamic works, then move on and get over it. Having a girl nobody touched since you met her is the biggest flex a man can have. That's cap. That's the, that's stupid. Like, are you serious? Do you, 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 you like... Hold on. So nobody could have ever had sex with the woman that you're with since you've met her. Well, were y'all, did y'all start dating when y'all met? Did you express interest when y'all met or, or what? Like what, what was going on here? I know when I met my wife, we talked, we hung out amongst groups, but she didn't owe me shit. If somebody knocked her head off in that time that we met, the time we got together, that's fine. Like, I'm just being real. That's fine because we weren't together. She didn't owe me a damn thing. And the idea that people think they have ownership over somebody or the fact that you are so insecure that, like, well, damn, is everybody just cheating on everybody? Like, it, it takes me to a place in society that I don't understand where if somebody doesn't owe you commitment, it doesn't matter. I ain't flexing it. Oh, yeah, hey, bro, ain't none of y'all hear my way. Somebody did before I met him. Yeah, it's life. I don't care. I don't care what you do before you, before me. 
you know, because you don't know how good fine wine is until you try it. <laughs> if you haven't been exposed to amazing, <laughs> I was gonna say amazing. If you ever had the best of the best, the creme de la creme, you don't know until you, you know you you never you can't miss what you never had. <laughs> All right, and I got one more, but I got to pull it up because it was way too much for me to write. <laughs> Get Amanda out of my face. Let's see. Uh, it's up here. Here we go. I can't communicate with people who don't understand the principle of things. It's not what you did. It's how you did it. And what makes it so bad is knowing if roles were switched, you lose your mind as well. People who uh, get upset and they let presentation take over the product. I, I just think they're wrong. I understand the presentation re- hits your emotions and it makes you feel all types of terrible ways. And it's like, no, nah, man, I, that hurt my feelings the way you said it. But did I, what did I say was true? Did, did I say it was true? You know, y'all didn't like Kevin Samuels because of how he said what he said, but y'all like, oh, no, I agree with it. So I don't like how he said it. Well, maybe you should check yourself. Maybe you should look back and say, am I being triggered by how, how by how it's being said or what's being said? Because if it's if what's being said offends me, that's a different thing. But if it's how I'm receiving it, oh, that's a you problem. That's not a them problem. Maybe you should uh, soften up a little bit or maybe you should harden up a little bit. Either way, maybe you should readjust what it is that you're focused on, because if you are not allowing good information to flow into your ears and into your brain because of how it's being presented to you, that's a problem. This whole idea of, well, you got to dress it up and make it nice. Man, look here. I've had some food that tasted amazing, and uh, it did not look like some pretty shit that you would put on Instagram. But Oh, God, it tasted better. I've had some nice dressed up food that was terrible. Guess what? I've met some beautiful women who had absolutely no substance. They weren't worth a damn. I've met some uh, not so beautiful women who were great people, great human beings. And, and guess what? They're great people to have in your life. Okay. So if you're just going to get caught up on the aesthetics of everything, then you're never going to get the full value out of life. See, you, you got to pay attention to the substance. If you just care about window dressing and the parsley on the side and stuff, and you ain't really caring about what the main dish tastes like, then you're stuck. You're stuck. And if you can't see that as being an issue and being stuck, then I... I don't know, but you need to grow. So... I'm going to close out with this one right here. Not so safe space. Uh, Issue popped up at uh, Arizona State University with some students in a quote-unquote safe space. It's their multicultural center of excellence. There were students there uh, pretty much where the, you know, the students of color go hang out at, right? And there was some uh, WTY, however y'all say it, students there. One had on I did not vote for Biden shirt, and the other had on a um, had a Blue Lives Matter uh, clip. I mean, a sticker on their laptop. Obviously, they're there to agitate. But 
the 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 situation got blown up because one of you know one of the the, the young ladies there she felt uncomfortable she felt that she was being antagonized and she referred to them as um let's say she called them like racist or uh <sighs> let me see let me pull up the article um she was afraid to be alone with them she she because she's feeling too vulnerable and she referred to them as she said white supremacists in the space unacceptable and then even one person said that she uh referred to them as nazis and the back and forth happens and again let me tell you what think about a multicultural setting and it being a safe space i think that's counterintuitive right because multiple cultures together does not create safety um if we look at history and how different people of different cultures actually interact and how they how they um coexist it's not one of of safety now it's this idea that you can create a space for people of color and that all that networks it's just bullshit because we are different culturally. We have different colors, hell. We have different cultures. We have different religions. We have different creeds. We have different values. And even within the same races and the same quote-unquote cultures, there are subcultures that contradict one another. I just told y'all, if y'all want to make hip-hop and crime culture black culture, then I'm not a part of that. So what makes this any different? And now you got this this viral this viral uh, battle going on, and this is what multiculturalism is. It's difference of opinion. It's different in belief. And if you can't accept that as multiculturalism, then you're missing the point. If you think that multiculturalism is only anti-white culture, then you're missing the point, and you're never going to get to a place of coexistence. Because that's what multiculturalism is supposed to be around. Like we take this melting pot, right? Where shit melts. We got to make it so hot in here that the cultures melt into a culture, right? Like say I got a blue candle, a red candle, and a yellow candle. And if I put them in the same pot and I heat it up, all of that wax melts and it comes together to make some weird ass colors. I can't tell you right now because I'm not into art like that. But if I burn those candles separately... They're going to be their own color and there's not going to be no, there's going to be no crossover. I think as Americans that we have to remember that, hey, this whole I want to be in a safe space. I want to be aligned with the people who are like me, who think like me. That that's not what we are. You can't have a melting pot if nobody melts together. Now, if we have a melt, if you want to have a melting silo, I've never heard of America being called a melting silo, and that's what happens. In a melting silo, you just melt, and then everything that's in there is that, and everything is in that silo is that, and everything is in that silo is that, right? But for us to be a melting pot, we have to have these interactions. We have to have controversy. We have to have disagreements. We have to have debate. And we have to accept that, guess what? My perspective is not the perspective, and his perspective is not the perspective, but our perspective is the perspective, right? Us. U.S., United States, us, people working together, people blending their cultures together and not saying, well, because you're not this, you can't speak on that. You don't understand me, so I don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, make me understand you. Help me understand you. I can't understand you if you don't help me. So stop looking for a safe space because there's little growth in safety. Make a risk. But take a risk. Take a chance, make a change, and break away from this safe space.
and come back to the melting pot that America used to be. But what do I know? I'm just a big baby, and I'm out. We ballin'.